Hi, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. I'm Steven. And this is Every Horror Movie on Netflix. We're back. We have an exciting new format. Same show, but slightly different this week. What's different? What's different is we have somewhat abolished our slavish devotion to alphabetical order. Thank fucking Christ. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the, the, the thinking behind that was largely that you know it's impossible we realized it's impossible to watch every movie on netflix in alphabetical order just because they're always adding and removing so much shit a sisyphean task if you will and i still don't know if i'm pronouncing that correct you are yeah yeah that's right good job i wondered if it was maybe sisyphean sisyphean i've just been going with that third syllable Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. It's all Greek to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we realized that, you know, we do a movie and you look at the movies we've done and half of them are on Netflix and there's a whole bunch of new shit. And if you just looked at the list of movies we've done, there's really no correlation between our episodes and the, the library of Netflix. So we thought, well, we might as well watch some stuff that we're more curious about. We thought we would have a little more personal investment in each film so we would take turns picking so chris tell us what your personal investment is in in today's film. well well it's important to note that we're still going to have a random element you know after, Correct. Ev- yes. after every three episodes we'll spin a wheel of course wheel of death is we couldn't here. part with the wheel no and uh, it will assign us an episode i'm still not convinced it's a fair wheel though it's, it's brought us too far it hasn't brought chris that far actually but <laughs> but it's important to note that like we're not just going to be picking our favorite movies Right. No. I mean, really, you would run out of movies really quick if we were just picking our favorite movies. Like, you know, there are maybe, uh, there, there, there's a very limited number of movies on Netflix that I would just watch of my, horror movies on Netflix that I would just watch of my own volition. So there's still going to be some wild cards, lots of wild cards. That's kind of why we did this from the beginning. Like, I think all of us independently, had, as horror fans to varying degrees, looked at the selection available on Netflix and were just disappointed time and time again. And we thought, like, well, I guess if I had to pick one, I might as well pick one at random and see what it is, because there's nothing I'm really curious about. Well, I wouldn't even say disappointed so much as nonplussed. You know, you go through the horror movie selection, and it's like, I've only heard of a couple of these. Everything else is just random, comes out of nowhere entirely. Well, for me, this has been an effort of, of curiosity, you know. Yeah. There's so much stuff on there, and it's like, what is it? How much is it? How much of it is good? And, and mm-hmm. so far in our journey, we've seen a lot of... Uh, interesting and some excellent movies that we wouldn't have watched otherwise Mm -hmm. so that's really cool so definitely i'm still uh looking forward to that element of discovery and that's one of the reasons why i picked uh this week's movie dead awake which i had just seen on the queue and i thought that's a great title and i recognized the actress and i said let's check it out and we had been on the d's so it's not too jarring of a transition for uh for our listeners. Yeah, I'm sure we would have really spooked him if we went down to the E's or something out of nowhere. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Dead Alive is a film. Dead Alive is and film. It's and film. I don't know if I've seen Dead Alive. Isn't that Peter Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. Great movie. If you want to see a, a Kiwi strap a lawnmower to his chest and mow through a room full of zombies, that's your movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that then. <laughs> well, all I can say, fellas, is I know how to pick them. 
you sure do. You, um, yeah. It's time for us to troll you back, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, without without reviewing it right off the bat, this may be the most boring, most unwatchable movie I've seen on Netflix. It's up there for wow. me. Wow. It's really up there for me. I mean, you know what I don't like? Shit. You know what I don't like? Movies that feature that hinge upon scenes of people falling asleep. If you want to hold my attention, just the repetition of that <laughs> trope is exhausting. <laughs> I thought we might be in trouble right off the bat because you you hit play on this movie and the first things you see are you hear like some stock horror music. You see like an After Effects template title sequence. Then you see a drone shot and uh, a, Dixon, a dictionary definition title card. Mm. It's like mm-hmm. it's checking like, all the bingo. boxes for a real Netflix class. Bingo. Well, but, and also a statistic. There's a oh, there's yeah, a dictionary also- <laughs> definition of sleep paralysis, and then a statistic about you know 300 billion Americans a year suffer from sleep paralysis or something like that. Yeah. Which is I should note, contrary to what this movie posits, non life threatening. So I don't know why we need a PSA about it at the beginning. It's like, so maybe talk to your doctor if this happens to you and they can yeah. put you on meds. It's really not a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, this but movie, two of our favorite tropes, the, our least favorite, uh-huh. I guess I should say, right up front. There was no classroom There was no classroom. Movie. I was going to say that, no classroom scene, sadly. It's a movie that's about sleep paralysis. And that's kind of where it begins and ends. We do have a doctor explaining sleep paralysis to us at one point, which is pretty close to a classroom scene. Can we talk about that doctor? Has oh, she never God. heard of HIPAA? <laughs> Oh, yeah. No one bothered me so much. The character of the doctor is fascinating throughout. She made some choices. She did, yeah. The hair, the glasses, and just the, I don't know, something about her manner of speaking was just hypnotic and totally incongruous with the rest of the film it was up there with uh with our pal t hut in hashtag horror for one of the most like balls out bonkers performances i've seen oh, yes. in a netflix horror movie t hut yeah she she stood out in a um uh, i'm gonna forget his name now but what's the name of the sheriff from uh fucking cabin fever wilson watson uh, uh um Win- winston winston yeah. yeah she stood out almost in that sort of a way to me mm. yeah she just felt it was a very showboaty, almost like it was intended to be comic performance. Yeah, it never really elevated itself to that level, but I know what you mean. Yeah, no, it's not on the, yeah. It was uh, very schlocky. Yes. I don't know, we're going way too far down a rabbit That's hole. This doctor what? has almost nothing to do with anything <laughs> until a certain point in the movie. Uh, I don't even know about then, but l- l- let me set up the premise of this movie. Basically, we have a woman named Kate, who I guess is a... The Netflix description says she's a social worker. It seems like maybe she's a therapist or maybe even a lawyer. She's a professional. Why is she living with her parents? Kate's not. Kate's living on her own. Oh, Kate's not. Right, right. Okay. Hold on. Sorry. Hold on. Well, yeah, we start thinking our protagonist is going to be Beth. Right. Oh, Beth is her name. Yeah. Basically, Kate has an identical twin sister named Beth. Which, why? Really, I think just... Why so twins? Like, I don't understand. Well, we're going back to... Here's a deep cut for you. We're going back to the... At Vertigo? the Devil's Door. Psycho? At the Devil's Door. At the Devil's Door. Barely and, remember. That doesn't really register with me. At the Devil's Door story writing where basically girl has a sister. The sister dies and gives the protagonist a reason to care and investigate the circumstances because it's a close family member who died. Yeah, but just the identical twin bit was confusing to me. Like, just an odd choice. Like, why even go to that trouble? 
It is know. not. I read, so I read an interview with the director, and I mean, I, it was. I don't think it was in the script. I think they were just sisters. But he was so impressed by what? What's the actress's name? Jocelyn Don. So she's in the House of the Devil. From House of the Devil, and I don't know. And what he else. saw her and was like, "Oh my God, she's like, like it feels like the script was written for her. She can do everything. She can lead a whole movie by herself. She can certainly play twins. It almost feels like he wanted to like." push her boundaries a little bit by asking hmm. her to do that i couldn't really tell okay. it seemed like he was going in that direction he was wrong she's lifeless in this movie uh, um i want to say lifeless but she's not as good as she is in house of the devil no not by any means. um i wouldn't say lifeless at all i think it's a pretty solid performance it's just she totally fails to dis- create distinct characters between these two like they feel the same kate is an asshole at first and then turns into a character who behaves almost exactly the way Beth did. Yeah. In early in the film. I I, th- I think there's individual like acting moments that are good, but I don't think she creates two distinct characters at all. They just blend right together. Well, I was a little distracted by the identical twin effects that were going on. You see the two of them together in like three or four shots in the beginning of this movie that are composited together. So they're, you know, acting across from themselves. And then the rest of it is like shot reverse shot conversations where they're using like a stand in for the other one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that would be distracting to someone who wasn't me and wasn't familiar with those techniques and wasn't familiar with the actress. But I don't know. Did did it bother either of you? It did. It really did. Like a movie like this shouldn't. I feel like even a. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can go this far, but I feel like even a casual viewer might might feel slightly uncomfortable in those sequences and not know why and wonder how this was done. Yeah, the seams are definitely shown. Lots of like unmotivated camera angle changes. Yeah. that are motivated by the need to disguise the fact that there's not actually identical twins on the set. I didn't notice that, but I'm also really bad with faces, and so when I was first introduced to Kate, because we see Beth first. I was like, and it took me a minute, but I was like, oh, wow, she looks really, she looks a lot like the other girl. <laughs> I thought, you know what? You're not alone. For really? like the first couple of minutes, I was like, does does this actress have a sister that looks a lot like her? That's yeah. maybe a couple years older? Yeah. It, it worked on me for the briefest amount of time. Yeah. I, I think maybe, because they do a hairstyle thing. One of them has like more bangs than the other or something. Yeah, that's all that distinguishes them from each other. You, you can tell that she's, you know, you can tell that she's at her wit's end because she's got her bangs. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the, that's the premise. You got two identical twin sisters, Beth and Kate. And Beth is suffering from sleep paralysis when we meet her. She's seeing, you know, a, a ghostly old woman coming to her at night. Specifically a hag. A hag, as, as they later call her. Um, she reconnects with her estranged sister at their birthday party and shortly um, shortly thereafter dies in her sleep. And so then our protagonist becomes Kate, who's basically trying to get to the bottom of what the hell is going on. So Which she- has been an extremely unsympathetic character up until that point. Like, she's just sort of yes. acerbic. Beth doesn't want to even be around her because she's so difficult. Yes, then there's a very awkward scene of them dancing at the party. Oh, that is not a party. <laughs> I know. <that> was <laughs> I want to like talk about three, this party a little three bit. Three extras hanging around. Well, not extras because they have speaking lines. But no, yes, please describe the party. I mean, it's like a typical, it looks like a Brooklyn loft with a bunch of knockoff, like... San Antonio is where this movie is. I'm telling you what it looks like, though, just as far as, like, movie tropes go. It is more descriptive. Are there balloons? I feel like there's, like, a couple of stray balloons floating around. Yeah, it sounds about right. There's some knockoff 
I can't remember. Is it Thomas Bacon or Francis Bacon? Which one was the painter? Is it Francis? Francis. Francis Bacon. There's some knockoff Francis Bacon paintings on the wall that add just like in. Now that I look back on an intentionally kind of awkward uh, um, quality to the mise en scene, but it doesn't really look like a party. Like you said, it's just like three extras hanging out. Yeah, and there's some very awkward conversation between them, and those are some awkward camera angles and cuts yeah. in, the, in the party conversation. And like, like the room look, like, you feel the emptiness in the room the way yes. it's shot. Too. Yes, you feel how they're trying to fill it up with the score. And then it becomes even more empty when someone awkwardly cuts the music to make awkward jokes about sleep paralysis to try and start. I just keep using the word awkward, but this scene is yeah, so Yeah, it's awkward. awkward. And then these extras, these supporting characters who we get to know a little bit more throughout the movie are so unlikable in this scene. But and you, throughout the movie, and throughout the argue. movie, But you don't really get the sense that the filmmakers know they're supposed to be unlikable and that I'm was a little there. uncomfortable mm-hmm. for me um i don't know just a, just a grotesque little gang <laughs> of people yeah and then you know what I, I wrote down in my notes that this the action really doesn't start for 20 minutes like it takes 20 minutes for them to do all that stuff do the partying do the oh my god i got sleep paralysis thing and then you know, Beth dies and Kate starts to investigate. It takes her, you know, it takes the movie 20 minutes to get to that point where Kate's actually trying to investigate sleep paralysis and why people are dying in their sleep. Oh, see, I would kind of, I I looked at that the other way around. I actually appreciated that in the very first scene, it jumped right into some sleep paralysis shit and we saw what was going on. I actually started off on a decent page with this movie because of that. I was like, oh, cool. We're well, throwing, sure. Throwing us right into some creepy stuff. You gotta throw the audience right into some creepy stuff in a horror movie, but what if we had seen that scene and then we see Kate getting the call that her sister's dead? Um, yeah, sure, you could do that. That'd be great. Better I would, movie. I would say jump right into the meat of it, but the fact of the matter is there is no meat of it. Right, that's what I'm I mean, the action to me is not even action. I was gonna say, what do you mean by the action? Because that's the point almost where the life went out of it to me. I was at least surprised when Beth died after thinking she was gonna be the protagonist. And I'm like, oh, cool, well, what's what's gonna happen now? Really nothing. I wasn't even surprised by that because the Netflix description, which I usually don't read, said, After the death of her twin sister. Uh, Amazing how many spoilers they can fit into one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Those bastards. I had the the Chris Slatt experience with this film. Good. I didn't didn't read the description. Oh, it's a film? Are Uh, are we reviewing it? (laughs) What? Well, you called it a film. I don't know. I would. Just... Oh, oh no! But Stephen, I didn't say N film. I know, but still, film is not a, a word I would use. To Had I just said N film, it would have been a value judgment upon it. And I also just called it a film when I said why I wouldn't call it a film. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, when we get into the plot of the movie and the investigation, it's some of the least compelling stuff. Because the... all right, so here's the problem: sleep paralysis is a very scary thing. So I've heard. Have any of you suffered from it? Well, I'm f- I'm familiar enough with sleep paralysis because, and and I did look up the timing of this. So, like less than a year before this came out, there was kind of a hit or a festival hit documentary called The Nightmare by Rodney Asher. The also guy on who, Netflix. Is it on Netflix? I now? think so. Mm-hmm. It's been in my queue for a while. Okay, because I think it's on Shutter too. It's weird that it's on both, but um, it's worth checking out. But it's from the guy who made Room Two Three Seven, the movie about people who have conspiracy theories about The Shining, and it. It's a cool concept because what it tries to do is interview people who have suffered from sleep paralysis and dramatize their experiences in these like horror set pieces. 
didn't really work for me in execution, but I, I at least admire the attempt. And I feel like that kind of brought sleep paralysis back or like into the zeitgeist and into the, um, in, into the conversation. So I feel like this film had to have been inspired by that in some hmm. way, but that's my only other experience with it. I have fucked up intense dreams, but I, I don't feel like I'm like awake when I have them. Well, that kind of supports my theory. Um, I've, had some close friends who have had sleep paralysis and it sounds fucking terrifying but the problem with making a movie about sleep paralysis is for one thing it can't be as scary as actually having sleep paralysis and secondly there's no threat from sleep paralysis if you're not asleep so when these characters are investigating they spend most of the movie not asleep who cares I didn't really feel the suspense I I didn't feel a threat either I mean, one, yeah, like you said, knowing it's not life-threatening, and and two, like, I don't know, it's just something that I feel like is really hard to convey visually, because it's more of an emotional thing. Yeah. Like, no matter what's attacking you, I imagine, no matter, kind of like in any sort of nightmare, no matter what's attacking you, when when you tell the story of your dream to someone else after you wake up, they usually tune out after, like, 30 seconds. Nobody wants to hear (laughs) about your fucking dreams, and I certainly don't want to watch a movie about them. Yes. Yes, that's kind of what I was trying to say also. Because like, there's an emotional quality that comes with dreams that only makes sense to you and the inner workings of your brain and your experiences. It's like almost impossible to convey to another human being effectively. Well, fuck, see if I ever tell you another one of my dreams again. I mean, it, it can be fun, but, you know, if, if told well, but I'm still not going to feel what you felt because you're going to feel really specific emotions about things that are completely unrelated to each other as far as I can see. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And dreams are so arbitrary. You yeah. Know? That's, I don't like hearing that much about people's dreams unless I'm in them and I can try to try to mine meaning about how they feel about me out of the dream. Wait, guys, this reminds me of this dream I had last night. <laughs> uh, that's also why I don't like dreams in movies and that's why I don't like No Country for Old Men because it ends with Tommy Lee Jones talking about a dream he had that's supposed to relate to the theme of the movie but I'm like that's really lazy because a dream is so arbitrary that you could write literally anything you wanted to to support the theme of the movie without doing any work in that scene fuck you that's off. a great fucking ending yeah anyway also, there are some great dream scenes in movies. This reminds me of James and the Giant Peach, which I rewatched last night. Ooh, how does that hold fucking, up? Oh, it's so great. It's I used such to love a good that movie. movie. Yeah, it's just so creative and, and so delightful. And there's a horrifying dream sequence in it. I'm trying to remember. James, it's it's done in a totally different animation style from the rest of the from the rest of the movie in this like sort of cutout looking like Monty Python looking animation style mm. where James is a caterpillar and like the little like the head of the human actor who plays james is superimposed onto a caterpillar like eating a peach and then the ants show up and like fumigate him and he runs into a little crack in a in a wall and the rhino like the smoke rhino comes after him god bless henry selick yeah it's good shit man but yeah guys i'm noticing a pattern uh i think we've seen this in a couple netflix movies including 13 cameras where Mm. these movies kind of take a Take, they find their angle. They're like, well, sleep paralysis is fucked up. What well, if there was a horror movie about that? Yeah, or pretty the, much. Or in the just... case of 13 cameras, it was, well, you know, hidden cameras are fucked up and, and the new technology that we have for, for surveillance is fucked up. What well, if there was a movie about that? I mean, kind of that's the basis for a lot of horror movies. I don't think that's bad in right. and of itself. No, it's not. But you have to do something with it. And this oh, is why yeah. it can't just be like, oh, hey, hidden cameras are fucked up. And that's the end of the story. Right. I need something else plot wise to get 
my attention, and I think we didn't really talk about 14 cameras, but I think this is one of the reasons I liked 14 cameras more than 13 cameras, because it got past the premise and actually started having some subplots and some conflicts that were around the concept of having cameras in your house, Mm, whereas the first one was just, there's cameras in your house. Um, And also Gerald. Sure. But that's the same problem with this movie. Yeah, it doesn't have a Gerald. That's scary. <laughs> but there's nothing else. There's there's the, they're trying to solve a mystery, but there's really no mystery. Um, Dude, what if Gerald was coming after you in your dreams and your sleep paralysis? That would be scary. He did once in my dream. I told you that. That's right. He, uh, I wasn't paralyzed, but I was in a dream and Gerald was chasing me. Sorry, so scared. Yeah, horrified. But yeah, and so I kept thinking about the X Files and like other police procedurals like Law and Order SVU and like how they always have a hook like you know the X-Files often is based on a real world phenomenon or a monster or whatever and SVU is always based on something torn from the headlines or whatever but they have subplots that get you interested like it's not just there's a sewer monster but there's like a local politics angle or something else that's going on complicating the thing it's a little bit of a whodunit here there's no whodunit it's like there's this girl in our dreams killing people let's look her up online well I, okay i i do i i do get that it could be somewhat compelling like if there'd been a a, a more clearly established relationship between the two sisters and we actually found either of them to be sympathetic characters and we're like oh well that's our lead into finding out that this this hag is invading people's dreams and like maybe we can find a way to stop it so nobody has to suffer the pain that I went through losing my sister that's simple enough and the movie doesn't even execute that very well so and here's the weird thing is I mean you mentioned that neither character was sympathetic so I would disagree with that a little bit I did find Beth sympathetic I was like oh what's going on with this character she's clearly had some um, sort of substance abuse issue I'm curious to learn more about this and the performance drew me in enough but then she fucking dies and we're left with her sister who has only been an asshole up to this point and then just makes a pivot into being kind of a generic heroine and I was just kind of left without anything to to cling to character-wise, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, instead they try to, like, manufacture sympathy and interest and a relationship with her and Beth's boyfriend. Yeah. I I don't know you call him her ex. I mean, he was her boyfriend until she died. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, and, and I didn't find him very likable or interesting, no, not and at And there all. was not really much chemistry between the two of them either. No. I found that to be no. unusual. And for a minute, I thought they were maybe going to tease out a more interesting plot line where, like, because they're identical twins and there's supernatural stuff going on, I thought they were going to play with that more and be like, yeah. you know, maybe the, the connection beyond the grave. Yeah, maybe there's a connection beyond the grave. Maybe the boyfriend starts trying to get in with Kate more overtly because he thinks that she's Beth or he doesn't care. He's trying to replace Beth. I don't know. The the identical twin thing, well, I was going to say it's a red herring, but that almost indicates some level of premeditation that I don't think there was behind this this whole thing. It's just, it's a total dead end. Like, there's no reason for it, for them to be identical twins. I interpreted it as a reason why... Kate would start having bad dreams and why she would like be having the visions as Beth was being killed in her sleep. But yeah, that's but we not even consistent. find out that's not the mechanism. Right. Yeah, that's we not learned that later on. Although the rules, this is another thing that pissed me off. The rules for the hag and the sleep paralysis aren't very clear cut. No. 
And so once you start getting into scenes where they're like, you know, pulling themselves to sleep intentionally and trying to trap the hag, etc., uh, you really can't get invested in that either because it doesn't really... You don't know what the rules are. It's like if they threw you into the third act of Inception and they, you didn't watch the first <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck, man. Fuck. This this movie's a non-starter. <laughs> this, is, this is an empty fucking movie. <laughs> um, It did have some good parts, okay? Oh, tell me about I'm them. I'm going to go yes. on record. Without getting into the spoilers too much, there is a one character who has a death scene that I thought was fun because her husband comes home while she's being strangled in the sleep paralysis. Oh, yes. And thinks that she's just, like, mad at him and nonverbal, and, and so there's some good suspense. That was I there. did write that down, too. I thought, okay, that's, like, it was not very well executed, but I, I admire that they, they attempted to pull that off. It was, yeah, was, it was a little bit clever. Um, and then also, not the climax, but close to the climax, our heroes are, they put Kate to sleep deliberately... And they're trying to break the connection between her and the sleep paralysis demon. And they have to time everything just right to do this. And it's unclear if she's being strangled by the hag or not. And there's some tension because we know she is being strangled by the hag. But how can Characters an observer don't. know that? Yeah. And they only have a you know two minute window to do the thing. And and then the guy drops his like equipment. And and, and I thought that was a good. That should have been a butter short. Fingers, that that guy. was. That, I, that that struck me as kind of ludicrous. All these things uh, sound like the dropping the needle and then having to run to the other side of the couch to get the needle. Uh, all just all felt fine. like almost comic ways of artificially just, ratcheting up the tension. Yeah, it, it worked uh, maybe, for me. Maybe it's just because I was so disengaged. Well, not disengaged, but just so disheartened. It already by the movie lost at that you. point. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought that was good. I thought that that you know, ten minutes could have been a good short film. Mm. Oh yeah, I could see that. You know, I could see that because nothing else really mattered. the The concept is so simple. We don't need an hour and a half of story to get to that point. Yeah, because I mean, and I guess we haven't quite explained this, but there's there's a doctor who is like a by the books doctor who tells them all about sleep paralysis, and then there's a shady doctor who, yeah. you know. Everyone tells us not to trust for a while, and then it turns out he knows the real shit about how sleep paralysis works, and that it's this demon who can only get into you if you believe that it exists, or if you start to think about it, I guess. I don't know. It's like... I don't know. As far as the demon goes, like, could make a fun little five-minute campfire story, but to build an entire movie around that is... um, You're setting yourself up for failure, I think. Yes. It's not inherently intriguing enough to build suspense for 90 minutes. You have to give me something more. This could be like a subplot of scary stories to tell in the dark. <laughs> I mm. haven't have not seen I it. I haven't seen it, but just imagining it. what it is, like it seems like this would be more suited to like star teenagers and and be like a like a B or a C plot. And to, you play an with it for 10 film. minutes and then you move on. Yeah. Scary yes. stories telling it in the dark. A better film than this. It's like if you is take... that saying much? Mm. Would you view a cue it or screw it? Cue it. Okay. 
you guys haven't seen this movie, so this isn't going to help. But I'm trying to think of like I was about to make a comparison to like one of the spooks in Insidious or The Conjuring or something, and how you know there's a lot of other meat in the movie besides just this spook. But then I remember that they made a whole spinoff off of The Nun. Mm. They made whole you know three or four movies off of Annabelle. So yeah. the Conjuring movies are, are good at doing that. And so I'm wondering what the difference is between The Nun and this movie, where you have a pretty fucking simple premise, but you you know, can turn it into a full movie. Do you think Annabelle's well, going to space soon? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> oh, me too. Well, I mean, the fact that there are Annabelle in the Nun movies doesn't mean that there should be. Like, there, those movies exist because the Conjuring movies did well, which the reasons that the Conjuring did well is a whole separate set of but reasons. But they're, they're much more like, engaging I've seen an Annabelle movie, and I would not call it more engaging than this. Okay. Like, Annabelle is not an engaging character on its own. Okay. I wouldn't even call Annabelle a character in the first place. It's a place. fucking doll. The Nun is a great, like, creepy thing in the shadows. I don't really have any desire to see a movie about The Nun, and from what I've heard, they don't do a great job spinning that out into a movie based on that character. No, I mean, what they do in The Nun is they they play around with the whole gothic Abbey uh, setting. Have you watched it yet? Yes. Oh, how was it? Um, it was it was hit or miss. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't great. I would. Would say, you view it cute or screw it? I would it? say cue it. I guess. Okay. It's kind of actually the the, the archetypical cue it for me. Like mm. if you miss it, it's not the end of the world, but it's a good movie to like put on at like midnight mm-hmm. if you just. And restless. how many labats should I drink while I watch it? It's a it's a four labat movie. <laughs> 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 but yeah, there's just not enough in this movie. Dead awake. No. I was dead asleep watching it. Zing! Oh, Honestly, no critic made that joke. I, was gonna say, I saw a few, I saw that joke in a few reviews I looked at the other day. You, so you you guys probably don't even remember "Be Afraid." Well, it came up. Be if, if you look this up on IMDb, "Be Afraid" is the first recommended movie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. So "Be Afraid" also dealt with sleep paralysis a little bit. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to figure out what the connection was, other than that they're shitty horror movies that are on Netflix. Yeah, with a woman falling asleep in the bathtub. You got yep. you got all the little oh, sleep paralysis yeah. tropes in yeah. both these movies. But this movie, Dead Awake, makes Be Afraid look positively operatic. <laughs> like all the different plots that they went into, and Be Afraid, and and the guy running through the cornfield with the shotgun, and the the police that's like the station only thing I remember from where Be the Afraid. where the where the girl like hack like looks up the records on the computer while she's in custody or whatever. Oh, I was tr- <laughs> yeah, okay. I was trying to remember which movie that was from. Like that movie was a mess, and I think I'm on record saying that was like my least favorite movie that we've watched for this journey. But holy shit, that movie had more going for it. You know, pain works on a sliding scale, Chris. <laughs> and this is a journey of pain that we've put ourselves upon. I guess so. Um, well, guys, I think we should review it, and then uh, I guess we can go to the spoiler room and talk a little bit more about, you know, whatever there is left to talk about. What do you say? Let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. Patrick, would you view it, cue it, or screw it? Uh, I guess screw it. I mean, it's not, it's not an I guess, because there's no question. I would not recommend anybody put this in their queue. I didn't hate this movie. It's not a screw it with prejudice, and I, I almost feel bad saying screw it. But, yeah, mm, nothing to recommend it. Steven? Screw it with prejudice. This is, a, this is a boring movie, and like I said, one of my least favorite tropes is movies 
especially horror movies where there are lots of scenes of people falling asleep, which I guess is very few films. Um, but anything that involves like sleep paralysis or nightmares, it just makes me sleepy by proxy watching that happen over and over again. I mean, it's fairly lifeless. Like I said, you could probably come up with like a, a compelling campfire tale. That's about five to 10 minutes long. That would scare children about the, the sleep paralysis hag. That's about all I can imagine mining from this concept. And screw you for making us watch it, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. I will also say screw it. Although, you know, I am, I do feel guilty that we're just talking so much shit on this movie because I have no animus for anyone who made this movie. I mean, no, that's why I said I felt kind of bad saying screw it. Yeah, it's not a movie that offends me. Like no. some of the ones we've watched, it's not one that I feel was ill motivated. It's just one that really doesn't work on any level. If the people who made this movie make another movie... Guess what I'll his next movie out. is called? Oh, there is another movie. What's it called? Sleep No More. Really? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Wow. It has sleep in the title. It's like Never Sleep Again or Sleep No More. One of them is the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary, and the other is the movie he made after this. Well, Never Sleep Again would have to be Night- Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. So that's Sleep No More, I believe it's called. I'm actually, if that comes on Netflix, we're going to watch it, and hopefully it'll be much better, and we'll give it all view it. Because, you know, this movie had some inspired glimmers in it but not nearly enough to justify the runtime which is mostly just dreck so screw it sorry hope you did a better job next time let's let's check out the next one <laughs> yeah oh another interesting detail about um sleep no more the fuck it's called before we go to the spoiler room because i thought this was funny the uh, the monster in it the big bad you know the hag of of this film is called the somnivore Oh, <laughs> that's a great creature name. I think I thought it was pretty silly, but it's kind of clever. Uh, I love it. Oh, we wait. Also... Does that mean is she coming back and sleep no more? Is it a spiritual successor to Dead Awake? No, she's not coming back. But there's a monster in it called the Somnivore. Oh, oh, I thought you meant that the Hag in this movie is called the Somnivore. No, no, no. I'm saying oh. like the the equivalent of the Hag in his next movie, oh. like the Big Bad, is called okay. a Somnivore. Oh. Maybe the problem is this uh, this creator hasn't been getting enough sleep <laughs> maybe maybe he was asleep at the wheel huh? oh my maybe enough. maybe he's like that kid in uh the mike flanagan movie what was that called the um the butterfly movie yeah uh um uh the canker man what the fuck is that movie called it has such a generic before title. i wake before i wake before yeah I wake. maybe maybe he's that kid grown up maybe he is making things happen in his sleep yeah. oh um one more minor note before we go to the spoiler room linda the character of linda did you recognize her she looked familiar she, is she the doctor is she the one who died she's the one who dies on the bed with yeah. the wine oh did she didn't look familiar what is she in? she was in beyond the gates oh she was the girl in beyond the gates Oh, she also had a minor part in Rob Zombie's Halloween Two, but I don't remember her in that one. I, I barely remember. remember her in this movie. <laughs> I don't remember a girl being in Beyond Beyond. Yeah, the it was it was two guys and one of their like wife because there was like a domestic violence subplot that was hinted at that was interesting in Beyond the Gates. Mm. I just remember Barbara Crampton. Yeah, guys, I bet this movie worked better in the director's dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we're going to the spoiler room. And we don't want to hear about them. <laughs> Follow us down and we'll spoil the shit out of this movie. Uh, so we'll see you down there. And hey, you know what? Uh, if you get a free minute you know, during the break, why don't you go on iTunes and leave us a little review? Leave us a little uh, recommendation or something like that. Because people tell us that's what you got to get. 
Or, or tell you know, us you hate us. We'd love to hear your uh, feedback, yeah, too. Yeah, but e- email that to us. Don't put that on iTunes. Yeah, <laughs> okay, don't put that on enough, iTunes. We don't want you dragging our, our stars down. Yeah, we want five stars on iTunes, and we want comments that say, these guys are so smart and so funny and know everything about Netflix. And you know what? If you get a little more time during your break, pull out your phone, get on your little social media app, get on your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter. There's a lot of asks. Whatever, whatever the kids are using these days, go to Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N cast. We're probably out there, whatever social network you're on. Follow us out there. That'd be great, too. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, we'll be back in a few seconds to spoil the rest of Dead Awake. Stick around. Welcome back to Every Horror Movie on Netflix. We're down here in that creaky, damp old spoiler room, and we're ready to talk about Dead Awake. Don't fall asleep. I was trying to make my chair creak. Don't been fall long. asleep. Um, so really, I don't even know. Since there's not a lot of plot in this movie, there's not a lot to spoil. Um, there's a couple things I want to get to. Um, Good, because I, I have no agenda. I don't know what's a spoiler in this movie anymore. Um, yeah. Well, there's a there's a point where um, Kate and our hero man bun artist douchebag boyfriend, <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> I want to say it's I like fucking Jake know. or something like that. <laughs> man man bun douchebag artist boyfriend was a much better descriptor for him. Let's I, go with that. His character is interesting to me because again, yeah. we're supposed to I think have a lot of sympathy for him. I think he's maybe a surrogate for like the director. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm getting. I'm getting a little going out on a limb here. <laughs> he. I just didn't like him. No, I felt he, like I was supposed to like him. I didn't find him unlikable, but I also didn't like him. He I also did not like the way that he like lines out his empty bottles of Modelo like very symmetrically on his table. Did you guys notice this? Mm-mm. Well, he's defined by a lot of weird... substance abuse a little bit. Yeah, he's like always smoking a joint. I don't like, know if I call it way. substance abuse. Substance use. Substance use, we'll say. Okay. I, I, he uses substances. If it's abuse, it's only because uh, Kate gives him a hard time about it because her sister was a recovering addict. I don't think she was addicted to weed because that's not a thing. Well, she very pointedly asked him, he's like, I hope you weren't doing that around my sister because she has been to like rehab. Sounds like her sister probably could use a little weed. <laughs> Maybe you know what I would like this Maybe movie. Some kratom. I would have liked this movie so much more if they were like, "The hag gets you if you believe." Well, that can't be true. Jake believes and he's fine. Turns out, smoking weed's the only way to stop the hag. <laughs> Take a drag, stop the hag. Yeah, that'd be amazing. And then, like, the way they conquer the hag is they just they get so high. They get so high that they, they, they get on a different plane where they can fight the hag on their own level. And I think you All could, right, calling David Gordon Green. I think you could do this without turning it into a stoner comedy. That's the, that's the that hard sounds part. like quite the tightrope. That's walk. the hard part. It's a tightrope. But you do it with a oh, straight face. Oh, yeah, it can't face. be a stoner comedy. It can't no, be funny. You keep Fuck a straight stoner face. Comedies. I'm over But you those. have Hassan, and Except he's smiley like, face. Because, all that's right, look. One. Hassan is the like alt doctor who is on the periphery of the story and then he ends up being the guy who like has all the technology and all the knowledge to to fight the hag. He's 
of some kind of Asian descent, which is relevant because he has like, you know, trinkets from the Far East and he talks about how much he's traveled and everything like that. So he could be like, you know what? I have the good shit that I got from the Far East. <laughs> he's like, hey, I got a shitload of meat in the fridge. Let's find a toilet. <laughs> Let's bury some meat. They do reference a gin in this They movie. do reference the gin. I was like, oh. I know how to pick them. Okay, so so Kate and her dead sister's boyfriend go to find they find a guy on youtube who's a vlogger oh god who talks about his own struggles dealing with sleep paralysis and seeing visions of this hag and he's like i got an idea i think i know how to beat it and that's like his last post and so they track this guy down and he's been living in a room a locked room with like fluorescent lights all over the place he hasn't slept in a year staring at a fish and he has we find out he hasn't slept in a year and he has what is called i found this hilarious and i wrote it down fatal sleep insomnia yes (laughs) what does that mean insomnia implies (laughs) not being able to sleep so why throw in the word sleep this scene was so strange to me (laughs) it's one of the benefits of having subtitles on because these things are even clearer even more stupid (laughs) Yeah, this guy's name is Mr. Pang, and Mr. Pang is living in this room, and there's such a strange dissonance in this scene for me, because I did find it unsettling, but also completely stupid, (laughs) and I don't know how that works out. Well, he was giving, like, I mean, he was giving, like, a Brad Dourif-level performance. That is unsettling. The way he was, like, shrieking and screaming uncontrollably as the nurse came in to, like, try and calm him down. Or a Fiona Dourif performance. Oh. Don't be sexist. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, they have very different acting styles. It's not sexist. Continue. That's it. I mean, that was unsettling to me. I, I wrote down just brad dourif question mark in my notes like uh, that was creepy the way that he's framed is sort of creepy seeing how much he's deteriorated physically yes um, i mean you can tell that like because they went to him for hope and they find not hope they find the worst shit yeah they find this room that's like the windows are all blocked out and just everything is but everything is set up to create as much light as possible i guess for nighttime um because one would wonder yeah. why you block out windows to create you more gotta light. control it's, to, it's not just to create more light it's to yeah. control the light so you don't know what time it is yeah you don't your circadian it's rhythms. like a casino yeah in a way like a casino <laughs> they should have had a little slot machine in there to keep them occupied dude if they gave him like like three packs of marlboros and a slot machine <laughs> he'd just lose track of time altogether. it'd be easy <laughs> well so that yeah they go to him hoping like oh he figured out how to beat the hag no, no he's just He's he's living in he's living in um, denial. I guess is the I best guess. way to put it. Yeah, sure. Um, and then the fact that he hasn't slept in a year comes at the very end of the scene. It's like a big reveal because he's freaking the fuck out, and his wife or someone else who lives in his house is there, and she's like, "You're making a man." They're like, "What's wrong?" We thought, he, and she's like, "He hasn't done shit. He hasn't slept in a year." And everyone's like, "Holy shit!" And it's like a big chilling moment. And that's not his wife. I mean, she's wearing scrubs. Like that—that's clearly like a like, like a caretaker. A, or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. In charge of the household. I mean, not I, not I that it know. matters. I just had to throw that in there. She also was like hilariously over the top and totally in on it. I think. <laughs> yeah, she was very over the top. But then in the next scene, we find out that he has this. Uh, what was it? Fatal sleep insomnia. <laughs> Fatal sleep insomnia. His body's wasting away. He'll be dead in a few weeks. And so I'm like, okay. 
So this guy's afraid that a hag is going to strangle him to death in his sleep. His solution to that is to just decide to die a slow, painful death, living for a full year, wasting away, staring at a fish tank, and then die anyway. I mean, this is what several characters aspire to in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Give me the hag. <laughs> Man, I hate to say it. I, I think I really just checked out of this movie. And I, and I try to give these things my full attention, even if I'm really not liking it or if it's really boring me. But I think I just... I I got fatally disengaged from this movie. I, at I'm a not going to fault you for that. Sometimes fatally you know. sleep disengagement. Yeah, I wish I had slept. I wish I had had fatal sleep while watching this movie. Just falling asleep and never walking. <laughs> what up. about sleep paralysis while watching this movie? That'd be interesting. As long as I was paralyzed in a direction with my eyes not facing the TV screen. Oh well, that's what I had in mind. So scratch that. Oh yeah, no, not that then. I mean, maybe if a hag had been crawling over me to distract me while sleep paralyzed and facing the TV, like if the hag occasionally came between me and the TV, that might have upped the ante and, yeah. and upped my interest level, gotten the blood pumping a little more, you know? Let's let's talk for a minute about Nightmare on Elm Street, though. I don't know why, like, I, there was kind of a slip earlier where I, you know, accidentally mentioned the title of the, the sort of, like, fan documentary about the series. The, that's what this movie should be. Like, this is like a fucking low-ass rent Nightmare on Elm Street. Record. I have to believe that they were trying to... That this movie was somewhat inspired by Nightmare on Elm Street. You know what's worse, and what I think is actually true? That they wrote this movie because they're like, Oh, sleep paralysis, how interesting. And they forgot that there are like <laughs> six movies in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise after they'd written the script. They're like, oh, well, let's just pretend that maybe we've never seen those. It's a but totally different But sleep paralysis doesn't factor into Nightmare on Elm Street. It's the same. Like the premise. only similarity is that there's something coming after you in your dream. But that's but the, that's sleep paralysis. Like they're having dreams that are so. Well, I mean, I. That's the only dramatic problem in this movie. You go to sleep and something's going to kill you while you're sleeping. That's it. And then we have characters trying crazy things to keep themselves awake throughout the entire franchise while trying to solve the mystery while trying yeah. to figure a way to fight the thing in its dream habitat and there's I grief guess, and there's yeah there's it's got all the same qualities except it's interesting i was going to say i don't think it's like nightmare on elm street because it i guess it's only like nightmare on elm street in that it's nightmare on elm street with all the interesting parts taken out and then i was like oh i guess that's exactly the problem that's yeah like, that's, that's totally point, yeah. it i don't know why it took me this fucking long to figure that out <laughs> No, I did. It's, in, it's I did Nightmare on Elm that. Street without without a memorable boogeyman chasing you while you all sleep, the, and without the memorable dream sequences. All the boogeyman or boogie woman in this <laughs> movie does is try to choke you. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't do anything. She just hops out of nowhere like a cat. Oh, yeah. we forgot to mention the cat tricks in this movie. Oh yeah, one of the great film cats of oh, all time. Oh yeah, he's like a little baby Salem. Oh yeah, raising hell. So cute. So oh, cute. There, and it goes crazy a couple times cat shit crazy if you can't catch it i love that <laughs> but yeah like the hag the the boogie boogie woman in this movie just like doesn't really the do anything hag. and like, also they can't do anything with the dream sequences because they're paralyzed so you have a protagonist who can only sit there and watch every time in the same chair but it's it's useful to have a movie like nightmare on elm street to compare this to where you can say okay here's basically the same premise what went right in this movie and didn't go right in this one i mean one nightmare on elm street is just a very imaginative film um yeah like that, that that that's all there is to it it's it's a it's a better script a stronger premise that uses kind of the same trope for lack of a better word of like don't fall asleep or it's going to get you 
yeah. and there's nothing you can do about it. But at least in a Nightmare on Elm Street, like the protagonists have a chance to like outwit the boogeyman because in the dream they can actually behave mm-hmm. and, and make decisions. And there's other things going on that make the movie interesting when they're not sleeping. You know, like they're like again the politics and stuff I was talking about. Like, you know, they're like, hey, we gotta, we're figuring out what's going on. We gotta convince all our friends not to sleep. We gotta confront our parents about the truth about Freddy Krueger and and all this stuff. And or if it's Nightmare Two, it's like, hey, I think I'm a little. I gotta gotta confront my uh, my sexual orientation, (laughs) of course, (laughs) and my creepy uh, gym teacher who's oddly into BDSM. I'm rewatching that and Dream Warriors this Halloween. Oh yeah, I just watched Dream Warriors again the other night. It's great. But Hell, two is yeah. still my favorite. I haven't Bonkers seen two movie. in a while. So something else that I thought was interesting in Dead Awake was it wasn't interesting. It was just frustrating. Late breaking comedy where like as the third as we get into the third act, there hasn't been a drop of humor in this movie for an hour and a half. Hour and 15 this movie is bone dry bone dry <laughs> and then you get to like the third act and uh, the boyfriend character is talking to like Dr. Hassan and they start going for like Marvel style one liners there's the uh, part where they're before they go visit this this freakazoid who's got the lights up and everything uh, Dr. Hassan is like I've studied thousands of medical records researched supposed cures from all over the world the, the cure is impossible. It's impossible to stop this hag. And then the the Jake guy is like, "Did you check the online message boards?" And he's like, "Oh, I forgot about that." Yeah, that was really cringeworthy. And there's something else. Wait, is that a one liner? Yeah, it's supposed to be, but the timing is really bad t- too. Yeah, you like, can is tell that it's a joke it's comedy. Or not? And there's something else, I think, when they arrive at Hassan's house that's supposed to be comedy. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have a problem with that, obviously, but just it's like feels really jarring when your first drop of comedy is like one hour and 15 minutes into the movie especially when we've been hanging out with this character at length through the rest of the movie and he hasn't done been, done anything but smoke his smoke his joint mm. well i mean I so know. what happens in the fucking ending we barely even gotten in any spoilers there's this whole confusing ass thing where like it's not really confusing what's her name is I mean, in like, a dream and she ends up confronting the hag and she's well, like in a dream within a dream or some bullshit hassan has a couple of different medical apparatus He's got like, can you explain it, Chris? I don't remember. He has one thing really that like it doesn't matter. even make sense for him to have, and it almost seems like it was supposed to be a joke. He has like an you know anesthesiologist machine that'll help you put yourself to sleep or wake you up. And yeah, no, he has two different things. Like one that will put you to sleep, one that will wake you up. And he has a third thing, and I can't remember what he it was, various, but I remember being very confused. Various by Various things to deliver adrenaline and stuff like that. I don't know. He's you got know? shots. He's got pumps. He's it, got breathing masks. I mean, it doesn't matter. Anymore. Yeah, one of them fails, the other one doesn't. It's, I don't know. Who Kate cares? chokes the hag. Yeah, exactly. That's Kate my chokes the hag. Basically, it. yeah. It's just, it's just like a it's it's a non-starter of a suspense sequence where we know what's going to happen, but also mechanically it just doesn't work because there's too much like unnecessary buildup to like. All right, well we're going to put you to sleep, but like I'm, and I don't know how he figures out the hag is choking her. He times it somehow. The it doesn't make like any I sense. said the rules logic is for out the, the hag are so ill-defined that we can't really follow the climax of the movie. And he can't see the hag; only she can, and she's not reacting when the hag is choking her because she's paralyzed. So it's just fucking. He stupid. ends up putting Ooh. himself to sleep in order to enter the dream world and save her from the hag. Oh, that's right. But instead- and that. 
dead, I that guess makes he just gets possessed off screen and dies off screen, and no one ever talks about him again, even though he's like the hero of the movie. Wait, Hassan or the boyfriend? Hassan. Okay. The boyfriend gets choked in his sleep. And he winds up in the hospital. He's okay. He's in a yeah. coma, so they're going to get married afterwards. I hope so. Yeah. What a good looking couple. <laughs> <laughs> Look almost as good as the last girl he dated. Almost, not quite. <laughs> Um, she had yeah. better. She had bangs. I mean, you can't fuck with that. And then we have sort of a baffling epilogue where the hag is coming for the weird doctor. <laughs> I was ex- well, I was expecting one of you to be really jazzed about this ending. Oh I was like, God. oh, ha, ha, ha. But I thought one of you would like be like, all right, this movie sucks, but the ending, they went there. What? What's what? even there? Do you know us at all? What's there? There's no there there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ending where the hag gets the doctor who's been like trying to like basically say like, nah, there's no such thing as, you know, the hag. There's no such thing as, yeah, you know, Yeah, like, I guess so. But she already believed at that point because you have to believe to get killed by the hag. And we see that she has Well, she document. believed because she'd clearly been questioning after she'd been probed so many times about it. And she has all the literature on her counter about the hag. I guess, yeah. there, I guess there were layers to I that that I wasn't thinking it's, about. No, it's fucking stupid, but also kind of awesome for a B-movie ending. Like, because like, you... I even hated that character, and I didn't care about anybody in this movie. <laughs> I loved that character because she was the only interesting one in the movie. Well, she was interesting, but like I hated that she was like so stubborn about her her values. I hated that she didn't respect HIPAA at, at, at any step of the way throughout this movie. It's like she other people's medical problems, she's just tossing out willy nilly, like it's no big deal. Sometimes in a in the hospital with ten people standing around her with clipboards. If you know by. anything about medicine, don't watch this movie. Something I liked about that character and the whole medical profession, I took a picture of it on my phone. The first scene where they're in her office at like the sleep hospital, there's a bookshelf. And she has all of Michael Crichton's books in hardcover. <laughs> a well-educated woman, for sure. We've got Prey. We've got Timeline. We've got State of Fear. We've got Next. Uh, I can't discern what the other one is. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have all these same books with the jackets on them. But, but. Do you do that often? Because I, whenever I'm watching a movie and I see like a CD rack or like a book bookshelf, if I have the opportunity, I always like pause and look and see what's there. Oh, I don't pause, but... I mean, hopefully that shit's out of focus, so I don't have to be tempted by that. Well, sometimes it's, like, important... Not important, but... Sometimes it's, like, if you have a good production designer, things are, like, deliberately chosen to, like... You know, as, like, character background. Like, oh, yeah, this character would read those books. Um, Knowing that she reads Michael Crichton, I hate her even more. I thought maybe it was going to be an Easter egg kind of reason why those books are there. And then I thought maybe there's a reason in-universe for those books to be there. No, they just said, we need hardcover books. Bring what you got from home. And line them up alphabetically, please. someone's (laughs) dad liked Michael Crichton. (laughs) And, like, not even any of the good Michael Crichton books. No, because the good ones came out, like, if you have a hardcover... 20 years before. Yeah, like, no one has, like, a first edition of The Terminal Man or Jurassic Park playing around. Or Andromeda Strain. Yeah. Those books would make a lot more sense, especially, like, The Terminal Man, to be on the the bookshelf of a sleep therapist. Anyway, just just a kind of mess, just a mess. Not a book. I want to I want to drill into this a little bit more. <laughs> okay. So I always pay attention to what books are on the shelves of like doctors and psychiatrists and therapists I see, and they're always work related. You don't put fiction on your bookshelf in your office. You keep that at home. God right. damn it. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's an absolutely ludicrous yeah, set like, dressing. It, it's you, insane. The more your, I think about it, the more insane it is. If you go into like your lawyer's office and he's got like, you know, the firm on, your, <laughs> like, on the bookshelf. Or your, your, or your accountant's office. Or you go to your veterinary office and they have pet cemetery <laughs> next to the No, that would be hilarious. Next to actually. the medical journal. That I, I took Old um, Yeller. I took my my, my uh deceased now deceased cat Smokey to a vet um, named Doctor Fear. Oh, and really? I wish he would have had Pet Cemetery at his bookshelf. That would have been fucking hilarious because I would have been like, "Oh, you get it, dude. You get it." Wasn't it actually spelled like Fear too? Yeah. Wow. What an odd name. It's amazing. You, yeah, that's good for him for not like working under a pseudonym. He was also a terrible doctor because um, my it turns out my cat. Uh, died of cancer and that's why I took him there because there was a tumor and he said it was matted fur. Womp womp. <laughs> Oops. Sorry for the bummer listeners. Oh. I wish my on. doctor's last name was Doom. <laughs> or Octavius. I guess the only other thing we should mention is kind of the thematic resolution of the movie because they tried Was there to, one? Yeah, because <laughs> there's a couple token scenes where Kate expresses uh, regret and guilt about that all these people close to her are dying and that she couldn't save her sister, etc. And at the end, Hassan is like, okay, this hag feeds on those feelings. She amplifies those feelings. She uses all that stuff against you. In order to beat the hag, you have to come to terms with your guilt. So the hag ultimately manifests herself as Beth, oh, yeah. the identical twin That's sister. That's right, yeah. And the hag, as Beth, tries to guilt trip Kate and say, oh, you know, this is all your fault, blah, blah, blah. And our hero has a kitchen knife in her hand in the dream world. And I think this is verbatim. I think she says, you're not my sister. It's not my fault. And you're not my fucking sister. Yeah, that's what I watched it today. That's what she says. And stabs her. It was like, what's a good example of like a song that rhymes the same word (laughs) twice? Because that's the same sensation I got. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, at least they tried to go for an emotional theme. Yeah. Good um, try. Yeah. Anyway, this tank's out of gas. This yeah. movie fucking blew. I want to go to sleep now. Yeah. Well, me too. <laughs> Sleepy movie. Sleepy time movie. Patrick, where are we watching next time? Well, we are watching something thematically appropriate to what we watched this week also our first documentary in Amon history. Are you fucking kidding me? Steven already kind of blew the lid off this earlier. Well, he didn't blow the lid off it, but he referenced it early on the podcast. We're watching The Nightmare. Oh, or what, good. Right? That's I, what it's called? Yeah. called The Nightmare, Nightmare yeah. by Rodney Asher. I have thoughts. <laughs> T-H-O-T-S. I'm sure you do. Yeah, that's that's been in my queue for It's been years, my queue for so long. For yeah. years. The, the, the concept is fascinating to me. I've heard good things about Room 237, but I haven't watched that. So. Maybe maybe that can be our rule. We have to segue our pick from the movie. Uh, no, 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 no. No rules. No more rules. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see you back in two weeks. We'll be watching The Nightmare. Until then, like we said, you know where to find us online. Shoot us a message. Leave us a review. Uh, otherwise, uh, we'll see you when we talk about The Nightmare in two weeks. So for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. I'm Steven. And don't fall asleep. <laughs>